Our heart sponsor for today is the 501c3 nonprofit National Treasures Artists in Residence. We are supporting them by offering an audience-requested masterclass on business plan writing. Over 30 days, you will receive daily emails with micro-tasks broken down over the month that will give you a complete plan. This will help you assemble your ideas, communicate your concept to others, and raise capital. Participants will be eligible for prizes that will help you polish your plan to optimize success. Visit AchievePodcast.com forward slash business plans with an S to register. Our mind sponsor for today is the Culturally Competent Conversations for Equity and Belongingness Summit, also known as the C3EB Summit. If you are a business owner or a decision maker in your organization, not focusing on equity and inclusion of your personnel is harming you. Research shows that 70% of employees are not engaged in their workspaces. Not only are you not getting their best contribution, but the higher turnover you are facing is costing you in rehiring, retraining, and onboarding new people. Get your access pass to C3EB to experience nearly 100 hours of content across nine tracks and a dozen industry sectors for their summit on November 19th and 20th to find out just how much money you can save while maximizing your profit margins. Visit www.c3eb.com. On this episode, we have Akshay Gupta. Akshay was born in Chandigarh, India and raised in New Delhi. From the age of nine, he developed a passion for art, which became a lifelong part of his identity. He studied commerce and joined the management consulting firm Mercer in India. He migrated to Canada, where he spent a number of years at Scotiabank and earned an MBA. In 2018, he fused his business acumen with his love of art and launched Art Proven, a blockchain-based art platform leveraging the mental health benefits of art that combats counterfeiting and protects artists' intellectual property. Akshay, yeah. thank you so much for being on our show. Uh, thank you, Asim, for having me on your podcast. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Now, we've gotten to know each other quite well over the last several months, and I'm really impressed with your mission, what you are passionate about, and how you are bringing that uh, to life. It's it's really impressive. Um I'd love to start going way back and uh, share with us about um, being born and growing up in, in India. Yes, so I grew up, was born in India. I was born in Chandigarh, the north of India. And uh, I grew up in uh, Delhi. And uh, Delhi is a big metropolis of almost 36 million people. So uh, you get to experience different cultures, people, ethnicities and uh, it's a melting point of uh, people from all over India and uh, one thing you understand and you learn that uh, you have to find your niche because with so many people you can get so much loss in in your life but uh, you know you have to look out for things uh, that uh, keeps you grounded you know fuels your growth and uh, always surrounding yourself with uh, people who are positive, happy, and uh, picking up hobbies that uh, propels you to do better. So luckily I, I dabbled into meditation and um, it has been uh, quite a journey. But uh, yes, I grew up in India. I did, uh, went schooling there, did my economic honors from University of Delhi. 
and uh, then I well before before we get uh, get to university even yes. I want to talk a little bit more about childhood because uh, there's some fascinating stories which you shared with me that I'd like for you to share with the audience. So um, you have an affinity for drawing planes. Share with us that story. Oh, say that again. You have an affinity for drawing planes, airplanes. Yes. So share with us that story. Yes. Yeah, so for me, like I said, I always want to look for joys and things that propels me uh, towards happiness. And uh, one thing that really made me happy, or still makes me happy, but definitely used to make me very happy was art uh, back and growing up in India. So I, I took some art classes when I was 10, uh, starting from the age of 10. And um, the other thing I, what I really loved doing was uh, going to the airports and going actually close to the runway and, and just see how the, the plane is taking off and landing and uh, I've often <laughs> punked my school and my college to <laughs> I know my mom and dad wouldn't be that happy to listen to this but <laughs> <laughs> um, because our home is not that far away from the airport so I knew a couple of good spots where I would go and you know how the plane will align itself to land um, so yeah I, I used to go there and I uh, used to make sketches of, of the plane and uh, <laughs> I still do that even if I'm in a board meeting or if I'm meeting I'm, I'm making sketches of the plane. Uh, to me plane represents uh, uh, dream, mission, mm. your vision, you know, going after what you really want, you know, like and, and going beyond your own imagination. I mean if you think about it, you know, it's a 30 ton steel aluminum frame that's flying in the air. So defying all the laws and really believing in yourself. So um, that was uh, one of my biggest uh, pastime growing up in India. Yes. Amazing. Fantastic. Yes. Now, I know that um, your, your mom is a musician and yes. um, uh, your father is uh, a lawyer. Uh, is an um, auditor. Auditor, okay, but but there's some there's a legal thread in your family. No? My my grandfather was a lawyer. Ah, uh, okay, okay, yes. that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so uh, I mean, it's just it's great that you found this proclivity, and um, of course, um, we've also talked about how you've straddled kind of both art and commerce, and we'll get to the early part of your career, which was exclusively commerce. Um, but um, it's really great that you developed this hobby. Now, uh, we've talked about this in the past, how you, in addition to drawing, you were really drawn to watercolor. Yes, yes, absolutely. And uh, <clears throat> art is one of the best ways to express your emotions, your thoughts, you know, the research has shown time and again that our human mind is made of 90% subconscious mind and 10% is only the conscious mind. So we have so many thoughts that are uh, in our subconscious mind and it's sometimes hard to express them through, through words. However, I've, I found out and that uh, using watercolor gives you an opportunity to express your emotion, your feelings. So I took art as a class uh, starting from the 
very early age and I learned that skill for some time. So just expressing through different watercolors bring a lot of happiness and joy. And uh, you're able to um, express emotion and your feelings, what you're going through in your life. So mm. that mm. aspect has yeah. always fascinated me. I love that. Well, in, in watercolor in particular, it's, um, it's unruly. It's hard to control. And um, I, it's kind of a brilliant metaphor for how emotions can be at times. And so sometimes yeah. all you can really do is record your emotions, uh, whether you give voice to them or describe them, um, or you put them on a, a canvas or a watercolor paper and you sort of describe it using that, that medium. So it's, it's fabulous that um, you began that. How old were you when you started doing watercolor? Uh, I would say I was nine. Okay, so around when you took that art class, basically. Yes, yeah, nine and that's ten, fantastic. Yeah, around that age. Yes. Now, I'm, I'm very curious, actually, um, yes. with your meditation practice, yes. how did that impact your art? Right. So, as I was saying earlier in a uh, conversation, that uh, you really need to find what really makes you happy. And I'm, I'm so blessed that I stumbled upon meditation. So, in my meditation, there were three things we primarily used to focus on. That was uh, uh, chanting, uh, analyzing your own personality and art, art as a therapy. Uh, mm. So what I learned over the years through my spiritual uh, practice, and as I'm still learning, is that every art piece has a vibration, has a subtle vibration, and it has been proven in a lot of the Eastern um, philosophy that uh, everything has a vibration. So uh, in my meditation practice, we used to look at uh, pictures that would emit positivity. You know, in, in my meditation practice, we will chant around uh, pictures that were very positive. You know, just by looking at those pictures, you know, you'll feel more grounded. It brings out belongingness. It, 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 it makes you more happy as a person and it uh, really resonates with you and at that, that point of time that what's going on in your life. So that became actually one of my founding pillars of my meditation. So I really, so I'm still learning, but I really understood that how art is so deeply connected. It's not, it's just not a piece of art. There's so much more and there's so much depth into it. That's really amazing. And I'm so glad you shared that because um, as our audience will experience when we go full circle in this conversation, um, that was a really seminal moment for you to look at images that evoke certain emotions and meditate on them and how that helped you with your emotional well-being, mental well-being, um, because, uh, I, you know, uh, don't want to give the punchline away, but uh, that's become an important feature of your life's work at the moment. So, uh, absolutely, very yes. very exciting. And um, I, I I just want to bring one more thought uh, to your sure. audience. Um, I, I I would just want to say that I had a really rough time when I was nineteen and twenty. I experienced uh, bullying as well in my school. So 
I also found there was so much of anxiety and stress, but you know, art became such a therapeutic uh, way for me to express calm, uh, experience calmness. I could, I could um, express my emotions and uh, through art as a meditation therapy and art as a painting and obviously going to art galleries. Like, I mean, those three things in itself became uh, like, you know, it, it was healing me, the, the experience mm. I was going through. So it, wow. it became, I, my, my connection with art became so much more uh, deep and it was, uh, I was well entrenched with the art world. Well, that's phenomenal. Um, so you mentioned you studied at uh, Delhi University. Um, yes. You decided not to become an artist, but you focused on a, uh, a business degree or eco economics degree. Yes, yes. So, you know, I, I took commerce and then I pursued economic honors. I've always been fascinated about traveling news and uh, what's happening in the world. So uh, those aspects uh, really fascinated me. And also growing up in India, um, I mean, I, I know I love my parents. They always motivate us to just follow our heart, follow our dream. Um, so, but it never struck me that I could pursue it as a career. Uh, maybe because of the stereotype image we have uh, for the artists around the world. And also because, um, I mean, I come from a very middle-class family and pursuing opportunities. Uh, you need to be in a founding, uh, you need to be at a place where, you know, you can pursue and do more things. So I was very happy I did economic honors. Uh, I got to experience a lot of things on a micro level, macro level, supply, demand. So um, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed uh, my economic honors, but uh, there were things that I later discovered could have made me more happy. But uh, yeah, no, I, I did economic honors and it was a good experience. Great. And then um, you joined Mercer and you worked with them initially in Delhi? Yes. So... Mercer is a cons management consulting firm based out of New York City. And uh, yes, they have an office in Delhi, greater uh, Delhi capital region. So I joined uh, Mercer as an analyst and I was <laughs> doing ad hoc analysis on Excel sheets. So <laughs> this is where I was like, no, I didn't sign up for this. So, you know, I, <laughs> I was what, 21, 22 working as an analyst. So, you know, I still enjoyed some uh, applying what I learned in school but uh, still not connecting because I have this amazing creative side. You know, yeah. I, I paint, I, you know, I, I really express myself and go to in an art gallery. So, uh, but uh, I was like, okay, you know, it is, uh, it is something, but never strike me that, you know, I really need to bring out my creative side, but um, I got some clues that, yes, it's good, but not really the best feeling <laughs> looking yeah, yeah. at those Excel sheets. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it wasn't your calling, that's for sure. Which, funny enough, I still do because you have to do as an as an entrepreneur and CEO. But uh, yes. <laughs> well, um, the story behind the numbers are far more interesting now. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. There, there's a bigger why, and that yeah. brings a lot of joy and happiness. So, absolutely, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yes. I mean, that that was uh, uh, Nietzsche's comment right like man can live with any how so long as he has a why yes absolutely <laughs> we 
you know, every action of ours, we need to know, like, what's the bigger purpose of life? You know, like, we are here on planet Earth for 70, 80, 90 years. Do we really know what do we really want? And yeah. I'm, I feel so much of gratitude uh, towards the universe that they brought me into the art world, uh, which we'll talk later. But uh, just really understanding what do we really want in our life? And uh, am I doing this that truly makes me happy? Or am I doing this just because I have to do it. So just understanding the bigger why. Yeah, no, for sure. That, and that's a big motivator and a big driver of uh, happiness and joy. Absolutely. Um, share with us about Convergis. Yes. So, I mean, uh, what happened right after my uh, economic honors working at Morrison and going back, you know, I was looking at the plane side, this huge desire to travel the world. And I was applying to different graduate programs and then, and and you know like specialized courses in finance and my dad always motivated me to just follow your dreams so you know i applied to, to a college in toronto did a one-year course in finance and international business so uh, right after that uh, i just got an opportunity to move to the east coast of canada and this is where after completing the course i worked with converges as a client engagement specialist and uh, so yes, I enjoyed doing that because uh, we were was dealing with a lot of clients, uh, really trying to understand what problem uh, they are going through in their day to day life, and uh, so it was it was a call center, and uh, I was working with for AT and T, so back okay. one of their back office, and um, a lot of people would say working in a call center is one of the uh, I, you know, I felt if I could, uh, and I think uh, if you can work in a call center because uh, you have 480 seconds to uh, to make the pitch, to show your empathy pitch, to uh, to resolve the issue, and and to make the sale, and and you are doing this for eight hours uh, every day, and uh, that whole experience, really understanding people, you know, what's going on, and uh, how can we help you. Uh, so that uh, really enjoy that experience, and that, and it led to the foundation, to a lot of other things, in yeah, in, in yeah. as I'm still learning and discovering from that experience. No, that's so great. Yeah, it's true. Um, every experience we go through, everything that happens to us is all preparation for the now, for the present. And we can bring all those experiences to bear. There's always something to learn, some insight to glean. So that's always a healthy attitude to, to have towards it. Uh, absolutely. Um, absolutely, yes. Yeah, yeah. So you spent some time in banking after that. You were with Scotiabank. Yes. So because my I did my economic honors and finance and really... Uh, you know, stock market and micro macroeconomic policies really fascinates me. And um, then I got an opportunity with uh, Scotiabank. It's um, one of the uh, the top five banks in in Canada. So that was an amazing experience. I was there for almost five years and I uh, was looking after people's investment portfolio, making their financial plans and uh, investing in the stock market. Um, so... I was basically in charge for making plans for the high net worth clients and um, and, <laughs> and I had a different approach because uh, instead of making plans first, you know, 
in that first meeting, I really wanted to understand, you know, where my customers are coming from. You know, there are so many solutions out there, especially in investment banking. You can just uh, make so many plans. And I would always make a point that try to really understand what's the story behind it. Mm. And uh, so I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, that aspect of connecting with so many people, understanding their life stories. But uh, at times, you know, in the banking world, it can get very interesting. Uh, you have, uh, again, uh, there's a lot more focus on micro and macroeconomic policies. And again, for me, having that creative side, <laughs> just to uh, just to de-stress myself or, you know, just experience calmness and happiness, I'll go to local art galleries uh, or anytime I'm, I'm visiting anywhere in the States, I'll make a point to <laughs> go to an art gallery to experience more bliss. So this is where I understood that uh, banking is great. Uh, I've got this opportunity to meet a lot of people, but again, I still felt, you know, there was um, not, a, you know, like something is kind of, I'm not able to express my creative side completely. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. And you yeah. shared some stories about how you would visit cousins in the U.S. and you'd always get, uh, you'd find your way to a museum in their town. Absolutely. So I have more than 10 first cousins in the States. So I've traveled quite extensively in the U.S. right from Boston, New York, South Carolina, Florida, um, Seattle. So anywhere, <laughs> anywhere. I would go and visit them. Uh, anytime I'll go and visit them, the first thing I'll do is uh, just Google where are the local art galleries. And that whole experience for me to see a painting and getting myself immersed, looking and going back in times, what this artist was thinking when he or she drew this picture. And, uh, and using my background as art, as a therapy, and you know what I used to do, uh, with my painting so just trying to connect those dots it brought me so much of joy just I mean, like i remember i was in um, i went to washington dc and uh, what's the i mean there's smithsonian art museum yeah and there's uh, hershorn yes there's one more um it's at the the gallery avenue uh, sorry at the museum avenue i think that's what it's called it's near mm. the white house um it's world renowned. Concordia? I think it's Concordia. Okay. It's next to this. It, I don't know why I'm not completely remembering the name, but it's one of the very prominent museums. But I was there. I was there for like nine hours, 10 hours. And I was, my <laughs> friends were like, dude, like we're in Washington, D.C., let's go and explore other places. But I really understood my, um, my connection with the art world and how much I'm connected with it and you know like going there and just looking at those paintings will bring me so much of joy yeah. and happiness no, for sure so. yeah was it uh contemporary art or earlier than that so, uh, it was uh, it was a combination of I think a bunch of things but I'm I really identify myself with the expressionism and impressionism art uh, okay so maybe there was a national gallery yes Yes. Okay. So right. those, you know, looking at Vincent Van Gogh, Claude Monet, some of those yeah. masterpieces, um, 
I mean, when I went to Boston Harvard Art Museum, I mean, some of the masterpieces they have. Yeah. I mean, it uh, contemporary art do resonate with me, but I'm still <laughs> living in those uh, old Italian Renaissance and uh, those era, <laughs> and just yeah. imagining the world back then. <laughs> no, it's true. Well, um, so many of those trends and how it impacted art. I mean. Uh, probably the intellectual and artistic height you could argue was the renaissance but at that time the expression of art was you'd build a palazzo and then have somebody come and paint your wall yes and then and that was it and then it wasn't really until the concept of the canvas that made art portable yes where it became something you could collect yes and move around and right. so that really liberated art in a very meaningful way. I mean, that really gave birth to collecting um, in a profound way. And it also, it changed the subject matter as well, because prior to that, uh, I mean, when we go back to the very early origins, it was a form of communication. Right. Um, but then the religious usage of art was its biggest... Um, kind of, uh, to borrow the French term, raison d'etre, right? Like uh, that was a, the whole point of art was to describe scenes from the Bible or, or, or give these teachings um, because you had a, a pretty large congregation of illiterate people who yes. could only visualize what they what was going on. Um, and, and if you were an artist at that time, that's what you had to paint because that's what got sold. <laughs> Absolutely. And, yeah. and it also became a point where a lot of people were able to express their emotions and, you know, what they are feeling um, yeah. in their day-to-day -day life. Well, and then, of course, you know, celebration of the human body yes. in that way. And um, I had the um, distinct pleasure of studying um, Greek and Indian art and mm -hmm. as it expressed in, uh, in Gandhara. And so there's a right. whole uh, segment of art called Gandharan art, which is you know, a lot of sculptures. But what you have is the the intricacy of a, of an Eastern approach to sculpture, right. um, uh, in terms of a, a Buddha statue. But right. alongside that, the celebration of the human body and the human form. And so yes. you'd have these Buddha statues that showed musculature. Yes. Um, which, you know, in Greek uh, sculptures, that was the norm. Apollo yeah. or uh, was, was, you know, you could see how built the, he was, but it wasn't the norm in, in, in Eastern tradition. So to see the fusion of it was, was really fascinating. Absolutely. And, you know, like even uh, growing up in India, like we have a lot of temples that are 400, 500, 600 years old. Yeah, and, absolutely. you know, you go and look, look at uh, those art pieces and paintings they have. It's just... Uh, it, it, it's a sheer joy. It brings so much a pleasure, and it um, really tells you about the imagination these people had. It's yeah, uh, quite yeah. bewildering, for sure. Well, and, and within India as well, there was a strong religious motif, um, especially with Hinduism, uh, around the use of art, use of sculpture to to kind of portray those ideals. Um, right. I, you know, it, beyond uh, the canvas, I think the other big leap forward for um, for art, uh, for painting, was actually the discovery of the daguerreotype that launched modern photography. 
because then you didn't have to replicate the world that you saw right. or <laughs> euphemize it, which was often yeah. the case, you know, portraits, landscapes to document what was right. there and um, embellish uh, in all, many cases, you know, um, oftentimes these, these kings of Europe didn't look as attractive as they were painted. Right. Um, but it, that freed um, art to begin to play with form the way yeah. Picasso and George Brach did and then to play with color right. the way uh, Fauvism gave birth to and of course color theory and Mark Rothko. Um, right. uh, so and, uh, interesting. I, I, we always end up down this rabbit hole, you and I, about <laughs> just theorizing about art. And so, and um, one, I, I also one quickly and thinly I want to say is that with the art, it also became a pivotal point in our history of the mankind because you know the uh, socio-economic uprising and art played a very important role. I mean, if you look at uh, 1857 Indian Revolution. Uh, against the East India Company that happened. Yeah, the Sepoy mutiny. So it, it, the art played a lot of uh, important role just to send the message to the masses. And uh, uh, it, it just became a movement. So I, I, art, art really, really uh, uh, touches us. And uh, even in a, in a recent car controversy where George Floyd, I mean, um, yeah. that unfortunate incident that happened. But, you know, it was really the art that uh, instigated uh, a lot of people around the world. So, yes, art no, is in the true. forefront of everything. The, the murals that came up after that were, yes. uh, were really touching. Yeah. Absolutely. We need to uh, come back and focus on you, actually. So yeah. um, I know that during your master's course, you studied some unique concepts that gave birth to this company, uh, Simplicity Designs. Uh, share with us that experience. Right, so when I was uh, pursuing my master's, um, so I wanted to, because I was, uh, I wanted to do an MBA, but you know, I was, I saw that how the world is changing and MBA was started back in 1908 by Harvard University. So um, now the world is evolving quickly and, um, technologies in the forefront, technology and innovation. So I did my master's in uh, entrepreneurship and innovation with focus on new emerging technologies. And part of the core curriculum was to do an internship. So as part of that internship experience, as part of our master's program, I uh, did my uh, school graduate work placement with this company called Simplicity Design. And the whole um, thought behind was to uh, work with different mid-size to small-scale boutique firms, uh, try to understand uh, what problem are they trying to solve, how can they embrace technology and be more innovative in their day-to-day -day, uh, approach so that they can focus on 20% of the customers who brings 80% of the revenue and how uh, we can use process improvement and change management and focus on things that really add value to customers' day-to-day uh, um, -day life. I mean, you have all these processes, but if you're not uh, adding value to the customer, do we really need it? And what is the bigger why here? So just, you know, give me a lot of uh, good opportunity to apply a lot of design thinking principles and um, 
performance performance excellence principles along with lean lean six sigma uh, to go and work and be part of these uh, board meetings and discussion and uh, understand uh, how as a company you can grow quicker faster and be more innovative nice no it's brilliant yeah. now um you had started art proven while you were still in eastern canada correct yes or Okay, yes. because you participated in an accelerator uh, in Eastern Canada. Yes, yes. So, so t- bring us back to that moment. You're you're working with Simplicity Designs. You're obviously engaged with what they're doing. You're enjoying it, and it's yes. you know you're there's there's a good cerebral exercise there. But yes. there's just this pull that you feel like I need to start start business so take us back to that moment and what was going on with your thinking right uh, so art has been an integral part of my life and it never crossed my mind that technology can reshape the art world and as part of my master's program i we really took a deep dive into blockchain technology and um, and new emerging technologies in the world as someone who is an amateur artist and someone who has a lot of friends in the art world, you know, there are a lot of problems I was hearing over and over again. And uh, the problems around the provenance, the problems around uh, people really don't know what they're getting, the problems around uh, really showing the real value of the art. And uh, the other thing, Fake or Fortune, it's one of the BBC show, it happens to be one of my favorite shows of all time where people buy art pieces and uh, I mean, as the show says, fake or fortune, like people really don't know if it's uh, fake or it's fortune. And we are living in an era where our identities are becoming more digital. We are entrenched, entrenched into this digital world. So a lot of problems I saw in the... Um, in the art world and then i saw how these new emerging technologies can really help people in the art world especially the artists and my background with art as a meditation art as a therapy tool along with art as a way to really um, change the mankind i it, it became a pivotal point so that that thought came into the mind that uh, here's some huge uh, opportunity here to uh, reshape the industry that hasn't changed in the last 300, 400 years. And um, things are still pretty much done the same way. And uh, we are in the forefront of this uh, uh, revolution that's happening with new technologies. So that became a pivotal point. So. I completed my master's and the ideation came in the school itself. And then uh, I applied to this accelerator with my business plan that how we will use blockchain and other emerging technologies to solve problem primarily around monetizing, tracking and protecting intellectual property right of the global art community. And uh, yeah, I submitted the business plan, the proposal, and uh, I was accepted to the seed accelerator 
uh, this accelerator is it's backed by federal government and the province uh, provincial government uh, provincial government of nova scotia so that's how i became a part of this accelerator that that was a 10 10 month accelerator process so wow so did you relocate to halifax for a bit no so it was right after doing my masters so okay. that accelerator gotcha. was in halifax itself yeah yeah got gotcha. you okay. and uh All right, so you're already there yeah yes i was already there I lived in halifax for almost 10 years so wow yes Okay. So then tell us, so uh, that was, I mean, beautifully described the impetus behind uh, Art Proven and the value that you wanted to add um, and the problem you were looking to solve. Um, tell us about the move to Vancouver. Yes. So, I mean, I've completed the, um, I completed the accelerator and uh, a lot of my decisions are based on data and emotions, but I really um, listen to my inner voice. So I, I felt that, you know, the time has come for me to be, come to the West Coast. Primarily, I mean, if I look at statistically, I mean, um, Vancouver has a thriving art scene. It's home to Emily Carr, one of the biggest art universities in the whole of Canada. Um, with its proximity and conjunction of ocean, mountain, forest. Um, it has inspired a lot of artists from around the world. And we have a very thriving big art community. And also because for the, my startup, uh, it's uh, Vancouver has consistently been ranked as among the top 20 places in the whole world in terms of startup ecosystem. So, uh, with all these facts and my intuition was telling me to uh, come to the West Coast and uh, after living in Halifax for almost 10 years, I felt this uh, very strong voice and intuition to, to come to the West Coast. And uh, yes, right after um, completing uh, my accelerator, I took uh, Art Proven and, and I mean, and, and I came to Vancouver. Nice. That's fantastic. And so now how many years has it been that you've been living in Vancouver? Uh, almost a year now. So tell us about how things have been going at Art Proven. Yeah, we're very excited with uh, how things are unfolding. Um, so our primarily our focus was to track, monetize and protect uh, intellectual property right of the artist using blockchain technology and AI. And uh, we came out with our basic minimum viable product and uh, we started making revenue as a company now one of the one uh, good thing or one things i've learned as an entrepreneur as a startup you always keep on talking to the customers always keep on learning how more problems can be solved so i'm a big proponent of design thinking where even if your product is out never stop never stop talking to your customers and just, you know, I kept on uh, seeing this, a lot of new trends that, that has been happening in the world because I found a lot of people were talking about that, you know, how art uh, brings calmness in their life, how art improves productivity. And um, we were going very much into, you know, monetizing, tracking, protecting intellectual property, right? 
but then we understood that you know there's a bigger why here there's a bigger why here and this is when we as a team refocused on our mission and vision statement and uh, so now yes we are tracking monetizing and protecting intellectual property right but now our global mission is to improve the mental health being and emotional well-being of our user and using art as a therapy i mean if you know like if you look at the statistics according to united nation one in four person in the world is suffering through a mental health illness right if you look at uh, the uh, american uh, psychology uh, american psychology association and it says that 40 up to 45% of the youth is suffering from some sort of a depression and then you know like their uh, that the youth is feeling bad because of this what's happening on social media and and moreover uh, there was a recently a survey done by journal social survey in the united states and it tells that uh, starting from 1988 a lot of people are experiencing they're not happy and primarily because we are so well integrated with the technology that people are really not able to understand and express themselves the other thing what we found out there's a huge opportunity here for for us to bring out what art can do in people's life there was a recently a study done by harvard and it says that how having an art piece at your work or at your home can improve your productivity by 32% and it also says that uh, having an art piece can improve your belongingness to your workplace or your home by and it, it, the numbers are staggering it's 78% so i mean we are living in an era we are so well connected yet we are so disconnected with each other and here's an opportunity for us to uh, really uh, improve the mental and emotional well-being of the user and art has been in the forefront and and it really baffles me that you know a lot of uh, people a lot of people especially in the art community uh, you know are some of them are struggling to make money i mean here in canada an average artist is just making $27,000 um, per annum i mean sometimes i feel that's not even enough to afford the paint brushes there is that uh, that conundrum there's no question so so we are finding this opportunity where uh, we really want to create that awareness bring and educate the masses that you know you know you're not buying the, that art piece or masterpiece there's more to it of course art is one of the best ways to make money as you know like uh, art can give you return of 11 to 12% that's more than s&p 500 but is more to that there is more about your emotional well-being your mental health being and really bringing out that aspect because i mean we are living in this era where we are so connected at the same time we are so disconnected and mental health is 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 a real disease that's affecting a lot of people's life including the productivity of a lot of people and um when you talk about the potency of images and how they can make us comfortable the um offices that i would visit where people had no photos of their family members um stuck out 
to me. Uh, no, that that's so true. And you know, adding on to your point, I mean, there was a recently a survey done, and a lot of the Fortune 500 companies. I mean, this is pre-COVID era, but uh, where a lot of team used to uh, work together, come up with innovative ideas, they used to make a point to have images or have paintings which depicts teamwork. And they found out through the research that as a team, yes, their productivity did go up. As a team, they were a better unit, unit as one unit. It was not about my opinion or your opinion. It was about together as one opinion, working towards a common goal. So, uh, I mean, there are there are facts to it. I feel um, here here's the time and era we are living in we really have the opportunity and here at Art Proven, here's a mission to really improve the mental, emotional, physical well-being of the world while keeping artists at the forefront. So we want to use new technologies to achieve our bigger mission and making sure that, you know, we really educate the world that uh, what art can do uh, in your day-to-day life. Because if someone goes to a law school and uh, if somebody becomes a doctor, uh, people say, oh, your life is set. I mean, we want to change that notion. Hey, you're an artist, your life is set because uh, you do so much for us, for the society. No, it's true. Well, I'm, I'm just curious in terms of the specific orientation that Art Proven has around mental well-being, um, is it... Uh, like an educational role or is there a way to highlight specific works that are artists that can yield certain mental health benefits, mental well-being benefits? I mean, it's a bit challenging to quantify that. So uh, I just wanted to get a sense like you're dealing with it more in the aggregate, right? Or are there some trends that you can apply? Yes. Um, so that's a good question. So basically we are talking to some local art as a therapy organization here where uh, uh, we are in talks with local organization with a lot of art therapists uh, who are psychologists and counselors as well and see how we can quantify that data and uh, bring them onto the platform. And uh, it's, it's not about just buying an art piece. It's more about uh, what those experiments uh, look like and uh, in the era, nearly in the immediate future, because uh, as I said earlier in our conversation, we are in the process of doing a pre-seed race right now. So that funding will help us to develop a bigger vision, uh, what we want to do and highlight the benefits. Uh, so we, are, we will be integrating some social experiments as well as some uh, real-time experiment that will show that how having this art pieces can do wonders for you so that a lot of things are in the pipeline for us and in terms of a consumer base that you're targeting um who, who are good customers for you who should seek art proven out right so what we are understanding mental health is affecting a lot of us mental health is is one of the biggest threat we have faced as a society. I mean, and what makes it even more peculiar is that 
it's only now we are coming up with cognitive behavioral therapy ways to really understand uh, am i going through that illness am i am i suffering those through those problems so for us because we are still uh, a platform uh, our idle target market will be around someone uh, individuals in the age range of 22 to 50 so not only targeting millennials but uh, we are also looking at people who are my generation born in 80s and 70s because uh, the gen x absolutely because uh, we are so bombarded with the social media we there's an image out there where people think everything is going fine but we are sometimes afraid to have those hard conversations so uh, we will be using art as a focal point for people to really open up and tell. Um, I just want to highlight uh, as an entrepreneur, uh, we have a local group here where we, you know, like, like six, seven, eight of us, you know, we talks about our struggle, you know, and just, you know, what we are going through as in our, in our day-to-day life. And that has been so refreshing. It's not like you're putting out Instagram stories and showing that, you know, I'm on this, I'm having a meeting with this CEO from this company. Just, you know, getting real, having some real conversation. And uh, what we are learning out will be one of the really good ways for us to highlight those conversations. So really having honest conversation, yeah. The 22 to 50, that will be our age range. And, uh, and people who are tech savvy because you still need your uh, blockchain wallet to, to buy some of our at the younger end of that spectrum that's kind of uh, gen z yes so that's that's a that's a huge market for us right now because a lot of them are very tech savvy they're playing games um they're buying digital assets and uh, they're spending a lot more time on in front of the screen and uh, so and a lot of a lot of you Gen Z are suffering through mental illness. I mean, 45% of them are not happy just after using social media. They, they, they compare their life with other people's life. It can be really challenging. Yeah. Not, I think it's a, it's a good time for, for us as a society to be just get real. Hey, this is what I'm feeling. No more, uh, no more bullshit here. Just let's get real. We are here to support each other. And I find artists can be at the forefront of that uh, movement. Very true. Absolutely right. Yeah. So the Entrepreneur TV, it's, um, it's going well. We are coming out uh, with another video next week. So in this video, what we did, um, because again, going back, I use design thinking to really understand uh, what problems uh, uh, people are facing and how can we solve them. Um, so we went around in Vancouver with an art piece and people had no idea how much to value it at. And, and funny enough, instead of commenting on the value, a lot of people said it makes them happy. You know, looking at this art piece brings <laughs> and, uh, calmness and happiness. So it, it further, um, uh, you know, confirmed a hypothesis that how people are viewing art, not as from the investment point of view. Uh, so we have uh, a couple of uh, another great videos that are coming out and uh, we will be starting a group soon where uh, we will 
be meeting artists and different art stakeholders on a weekly basis and uh, get in touch with them and see what are the issues we are facing as a society and how um, artists and uh, can can solve them because art touches every facet of our lives so really uh, really excited for uh, what's uh, what's coming up next for us yeah that's really great fantastic what's the one thing i could change in the world right now what would that be and i would say people just getting real and i think i answered it partially but you know just people really getting real what's going on with their world you know we all are brothers and sisters we all are here to support each other you know sometimes we live in this world where we compare ourselves we really don't tell people what we are going through and you know just telling the people that this is what i'm going through you know and you'll be surprised how many people are going through the same emotion so let's not be afraid let's not uh, all the emotion and feelings out it uh, it reminds me of a story a quick story where there was a mouse and an elephant and mouse asked elephant hey elephant do you think what is more important destination or the journey and guess what the elephant says company <laughs> <laughs> yes so so uh, the conclusion is i find we are we all of us are on this special journey don't be i mean you know of course we'll reach our destination journey is beautiful but make sure you hang out with some people who will make sure that your journey is good destination will be good regardless <laughs> yeah, yeah well said that's a smart elephant <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So i think Fantastic. rather than that uh, say the first around the uh, design thinking like a tool where a more problems can be identified because as entrepreneurs sometimes we can be married to, to the idea or like my baby is the best but uh, really understanding what problem you're trying to solve and second um, tools and resources to uh, bring out um, your product quicker into the market because if that happens and the overall overall economy grows so yeah so true i think uh, it was a very meaningful uh, conversation i think yeah no, as it was for me um actually thank you so much appreciate all that you've shared um your candor and your honesty and um really love what you're doing at art proven and i wish you all the best of luck there asim uh, thank you so much it's an honor to be on a chief podcast and uh, really excited for also to see what uh, achieve and cheap podcasts and uh, with your own journey as well so thank you for having me and i wish you all the best